it's all nonsense. It's all air. And, you know, speaking in simple heuristics, right? Uh, you tell children, don't take candy from strangers. There might be a lot of great strangers with a lot of fine candy. All right. It might taste great. It might be very safe, but you tell children that, right? So when you're investing, uh, whether it's in crypto, quote unquote, or any of these startups, like just have Bitcoin, like that's the heuristic, you know, you might miss out on a little bit of candy, but you won't die. Greetings and salutations, my fellow plebs. My name is Walker and this is the Bitcoin Podcast. Bitcoin block height is 820060 and the value of one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. Today's episode is Bitcoin Talk, where I talk with my guest about Bitcoin and many other things as well. Today that guest is Mike Yarmus. Mike is Lightning Ventures' managing partner and co-founder. From punk rock to venture capital, this dude's got some stories. We go deep down the Bitcoin venture capital rabbit hole in this episode. So whether you're a Bitcoin founder or aspiring founder looking for advice, an investor looking to put some money in Bitcoin-only companies, or just a pleb who likes to hear Bitcoiners talk shit about shitcoiners, this episode has something for you. Mike also digs into some of the Bitcoin companies he's really passionate about, and these are definitely names you should pay attention to. You're going to be hearing a lot more about them in the years to come. As always, you can watch the video version of this episode on Rumble, YouTube, or X by searching at Walker America, or listen on Fountain.fm, or wherever you get your podcast by searching for The Bitcoin Podcast. If you listen to The Bitcoin Podcast on Fountain, consider giving this show a boost or making a clip of something you found interesting. If you haven't checked out Fountain yet, I highly recommend it. You can send Bitcoin to your favorite podcasters and earn Bitcoin just for listening to this show. And if you are a Bitcoin-only company interested in sponsoring another fucking Bitcoin podcast, hit me up on social media or through the website bitcoinpodcast.net. Without further ado, let's get into this Bitcoin talk with Mike Yarmuz. Well, hey there. Well, hey there, buddy. How are you? Dude, I'm doing great, man. It's good to see you. It's been way too long. It's good to see you, too. It has been too long. I'm upset that I'm going to miss you next week. Uh, everyone's going to miss you. But, uh, you know, you got bigger things going on, literally bigger things going I, on. She, Carla has an impressive belly on her um, that I, she is definitely ready to ready to pop. Uh, we'll see if the little guy waits until he's supposed to. But you never know. You know, he might be born uh, two weeks late or uh, two weeks early. I was actually two weeks late. What about yourself? Were you right on time? I think I was right on time. As far as I know, I guess I've, I haven't asked my mom if I was uh, a surprise in that sense at all. But yeah, we're we're bummed. Uh, we were looking forward to Unconfiscatable. I mean, that's where Unconfiscatable is where we first met you in the flesh you were, I remember being a bit intimidated by you at first. Cause I was like, damn, this guy's running shit right now. He is, <laughs> he is not taking anyone's bullshit. Uh, we ran a tight ship. That was, and that was our first Bitcoin conference was, so that was what, like February, 2021 now. Is that, does that sound right? 
Uh, well, it was, it was no, 2022? last year, right? Was it only last year? Or yeah, shit. It was, it was 2022. Yeah, it was our third one. Yeah. And that was the first that I had heard of the, uh, the crypto couple. That was really cool. That was a tone discovery. Uh, he's like, Hey, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna host the, uh, scammies and they're super funny. And I was like, I never heard of them. And, uh, you guys not only are all of those things, you are actually lovely people. So, which is always a nice surprise, right? Uh, I still remember yeah. the first time tone hit us up and we obviously knew who tone was and we're like, Oh damn, you know, tone vase is wanting us to come and do something called the scammy awards. <laughs> and then you know, we get on a, a, like a Google meet or whatever with him. And he's like, Hey, so, uh, basically I uh, love what you guys are doing. And, uh, I think it would be great if you hosted the scammy awards. And, uh, my tone uh, impression is a little bit rusty though. I got to work on it. It's but actually great. It's, yeah. it's actually probably one of the best. In fact, that yes. would be a good side event to have at a conference is your best tone vase, uh, impersonation. It's just, it's just me giving advice in Tone's voice, but I'm giving really bad advice, like not, not quality Tone advice. I think we no. might have something there. We might have a little niche. I love it. I think that you might even be reigning champion. You're certainly going to be in the, in the finale, uh, in, the, in the top few. Well, I, I would hope so. But you know, I'm glad that we got a chance to do this. because you, know, you, could, you could also say that that was your big break. On, like tone, honestly, tone vase was our big break. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't no. Michael Saylor retweeting you. It was that. It was that <laughs> scammy award show. You know. You know the best thing about unconfiscatable though was one room for everything, so you don't you don't miss anything. You know, it's not oh, do I go between these two stages? It's like no, everything's in here. Just chill in this room. Uh, the booze was flowing. That helped. Vegas baby, uh, but also because it was so much more intimate, I think what maybe it was like 500 people somewhere, maybe a little more. Does that sound right? No, less. It's usually between but, three and 400. Yeah. Okay. There. Well, it was amazing because that's where we literally like met all these people who have now like yourself who have now become, you know, good friends and doing it in that's the only kind of conference where you could have that level of like personal experience with people, I think, because it's just people hanging out, listening to great talks and uh getting into some shenanigans i man i lost very quickly in that poker tournament though that i was i had no business sitting at the table and turns out tone was sitting next to me and as soon as that happened i was like oh i'm so fucked <laughs> it's it's over before it had even begun cool, but dude man. well it's your bitcoin fam it's and now look now here we are i wish there wasn't so much distance separating us however um i will still I will still drink uh, to closing that distance at some point in the near future. We will have another Bitcoiner in tow, though, with our our little man coming soon. So you got it. You got to find that first block, buddy. You got to mine that first block in your own oh, yeah. way. Oh yeah. I, I think I've, I'm I'm debating like, man, should I do I set this kid up with like a, a Noster and Pub and Nsec right from the start? Just get get him get it out there so it's like you know maybe back like you look. 15 years in the future, he's like, Oh, don't worry, son. You don't need to set up your own, your own Noster. I've been saving you a pair of keys that are ancient now and they're ready for you. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, that would go right along. I mean, you're naming the child ASIC, right? Yeah. Yeah. ASIC. Yep, exactly. A, a, uh, yeah. A, a, ASIC block clock uh, is, is, <laughs> is going to be his middle name. <laughs> oh man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a wild ride. 
the crazy thing is there's there's like a there's a lot of pregnant bitcoiners right now which is cool like bitcoin baby number go up i think that's a good thing you know knock them out yeah i'm i'm okay. hoping i'm hoping i'm right there behind you uh and, all right. uh, and maybe they can all play in the kids area of the of the of the country that bitcoiners will start together <laughs> do you think like before too long it's just like bitcoiners end up just establishing like one state where they're like okay all of us autists did the uh, appropriate research. We determined this was the optimal state for all these reasons. Now we've overtaken all of the legislative assemblies in the state and have made it much more libertarian. And now we are just expanding a citadel uh, on a state-by-state -state basis. Or are Bitcoiners too, uh, um, perhaps too much of individualists for that? I don't know. Well, maybe they won't have to do that if one of these sort of territories and countries makes it kind of Bitcoin friendly, you know, uh, like maybe Madeira or uh, or even El Salvador, which it's still not really super easy uh, to get an El Salvador passport or to, to do that process. You know, it's easy to get residency. There's a lot of restrictions on how many days you have to be in El Salvador. Uh, and some other things. But if a country was like straight up, sign a message in your wallet that has three Bitcoins in it, we're going to give you a passport, come here, you know, I'd probably get a lot of uh, wealthy uh, UTXOs up in there. Honestly, it, I, I still have yet to make it to Madeira, uh, but I look forward to going there because, man, that looks like just a little slice of heaven. Like, well, clearly, incredible climate, you know. Clearly, you're going to be packing up uh, Carla and the newborn and flying out to a, uh, a small island uh, for in March, right? Oh, man. I think it's going to be too soon. We, we were honestly, yeah, we were de like debated it for like a second. And then we're like, uh, you know what? That, that's going to be a very, very small baby to be going on planes, trains, and automobiles with. Uh, but there will come another time. But again, we'll have to send our love from afar for a little bit. Absolutely. From, from the cold northern climates here, we won't get any of that delightful sun and sea air for a while. Yeah, what happened now? You're in the cold north. I thought you guys were, were desert rats. I thought you were going to Nevada and that was going to be uh, the place. I pictured we, you with like a mullet going to like the QT filling station to get like a 64 ounce like pepsi and just i thought you were going to embrace it man i'm just kind of a little bit offended that you'd peg me as a pepsi guy i don't know that for for some the mullet is not at all offensive that's pretty par for the course like my, <laughs> my hair is short right now but uh we so we were we honestly we were out there we were planning on moving there uh, after spending like five months or so there we're gonna move full time and then uh carla was pregnant and so we were like huh you know maybe better to move back to the midwest we've got family here be a little closer to both sets of grandparents while the kid is uh, while the kid is young, and also be closer to a couple sets of hands to assist us. That was a uh, that was another big determining factor. So closer to grandmas and grandpas. I gotta say, I I do miss that Vegas sunshine. It's uh, it's just nice. It's fucking it's cold here in the North Woods now. It's but hey, what can you do, right? Yeah. Well, you got family and you got other things there. Yeah, yeah. But hey, I can't complain, you know? What a beautiful time to be alive. What a beautiful time to be able to spend an afternoon chatting with a friend about Bitcoin and about Bitcoin venture capital. So I'm 
if you're good with it, let's, let's dive into this bad boy. You want to, I've got some questions for you, but we'll keep it loose. We'll, we'll keep it fuzzy muzzy. Uh, if that's an expression and we'll just go with it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I've been rolling this whole time also. So I'll, uh, I'll cut out anything incriminating, but, uh, all about that pre-roll now, the preamble is what, what makes it, you know? Yeah. I, I, have a suspicion that there's some good stuff that comes uh comes out early before you you hit the button a little yeah uh and i'm just stoked to have you here man so let's just let's just fucking dive in so greetings and salutations to all of my fellow plebs my name is walker and this is the bitcoin podcast i am joined today for a bitcoin talk episode by mike yarmas and i still always struggle i'm saying yarmas correctly right or Yarmuz. I'm never, I'm never entirely sure. Yeah. Well, I'm never entirely sure actually. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I went through my whole life as Jar Muzz. Uh, I was the Muzz man. My friends called me Muzz. I've been Muzz my whole life. And, uh, I used to drive a yellow taxi in New York city for a brief hot minute. And I was getting the keys to this yellow cab and this crazy dude, like he was like 300 feet tall, bald. He was screaming at me and he screams, Yarmush. And I'm like, uh, it's Jarmus. And he's like, I'm from Poland. You don't even know how to say your fucking last name. It's Yarmush, cab 48. And throws the keys at me or whatever. But uh, so then it's like, okay, well, now what am I going to do? I want my whole, I'm going to change my name now. I'm going to say it a whole different way. Man, that's a that's an identity crisis if I've ever heard one. But you are also it, it's it's always easier to call you Muzz or the Muzz Man. Uh, it just rolls off the tongue well. It feels velvety. <laughs> but you are a co-founder and a managing partner at Lightning Ventures. And today we are going to just dive in uh, to the world of Bitcoin VCs. I think it's something that people are starting to pay more attention to, even. Uh, even those who may not be VCs themselves, but there's a lot of Bitcoin businesses popping up all over. Uh, if you're you know, on Twitter, you're on Noster, you're seeing this stuff really start to take off. You're seeing a lot more chatter about it now that price is moving upwards of Bitcoin, I suppose, you know, so it goes. But throughout this whole bear market, VCs like Lightning Ventures, like some others, have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes with these companies both bringing them capital, but also coaching them, trying to get them ready for uh, this coming wave of adoption that I think we all know is right on the cusp, uh, heading right down the pipeline. So I want to I want to start out uh, by by going back to the beginning. So you you mentioned you drove a uh, a taxi, but I want to know who is the Muzman? Who is Mike Yarmuz Yarmush? Um, however, I'm still going to keep messing this up. And how the fuck did you get here today, man? Um, how? Wow. Okay. So, yeah. uh, geez, good I lord. Um, so I was born in Arizona. I'm from Phoenix, so not too far from you, the desert rat, uh, being out there. And um, I was really passionate my whole life about the music business um, in, in every possible way. So I was a, a concert promoter and had a record label in high school and putting out some friends. There were these little discs, okay? They were called CDs, CD-ROMs. Um, and uh, and, and uh, releasing friends' records on a record label as a kid. 
um, and uh, eventually started promoting concerts. We were one of the largest independent concert promoters in the Southwest. Uh, we did 35 concerts a month in Phoenix, Tucson, and Albuquerque from, say, 50 people up to, I believe our largest show was like 5,000. Uh, people. So a lot of bands, artist development. It's kind of similar to venture uh, and early stage investing because when you invest in a company early and you maintain a good uh, relationship with them, uh, you can invest again later. And that's kind of how it is in, in music in terms of a concert promoter, right? You establish a relationship when there's 50 people and you maintain that relationship all the way as far as you can before, you know, someone takes them. So there's a lot of parallels there. Um, with that. So I also tour managed bands. I traveled around the country and some parts of the world uh, in everything from a van and trailer with hotel rooms every night to an RV to a tour bus, uh, something similar to like a like um, an almost famous kind of deal. You know, nobody actually drove the bus through a chain link fence or anything like that, but pretty much lived that for a long time. Um, I was a tour manager and I also did lights. I can do sound, uh, but did, did that. I also lived above and ran a uh, famous punk rock venue called the Nile Theater um, in Mesa, Arizona. Um, that was also a crazy experience. Had a art gallery in downtown Phoenix where we did shows as well and um, did, a, did a whole bunch of things. And I had a retail store in Tempe, Arizona, which was also a concert ticket outlet. It was kind of like a hot topic. We sold belt buckles and, you know, Weezer cell phone covers and crap like that. Um, so did a lot of different things in life. And then I, I managed a band uh, that got signed to Electra Records. Uh, that was before the Warner Electra merger. So that was like a million dollar deal. Uh, we were all in our very early 20s. Uh, we all bought some houses, had a great time. And that was the, the real tail end before the music industry really fully changed uh, digitally. So um, that was a great experience, you know, going out to New York and them making their record, which was an awesome record. Unfortunately, it didn't do that great, but the band toured. And just like us Bitcoiners, when you put in the real work, okay, the real work might not be uh, the, what gets you there, right? You're grinding it out on YouTube. You're grinding out this new podcast, right? You put in the real work and then it happens. And the bands that do that too, and the companies, I guess, or really anyone, that's when you are sustainable. So even though, according to the record label, it wasn't a huge success, the band could still sell out theaters across the country, right? 1,500 cap rooms or so and have a very successful career. So I managed them for a while. And uh, then after that, I put everything I owned in storage and I went and lived on a Mississippi plantation farm and I wrote 200 pages about being in the South. I went to a place called The Crossroads, which is a mystical place where Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil at this place to become the greatest blues guitarist of all time. If you know about The Crossroads, it's about an hour south of Memphis or so. Uh, and I lived on a place called The Shack Up Inn. It was a and b which stood for bed and beer. And it was a hell of a lot of fun. And I ran the place and there were these authentic sharecropper shacks that they brought in on this old plantation farm and they rented it out to people and it was a ball. And I wrote a bunch about that and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna move to New York City and start a real life and start over. 
So that's what I did. And that's when I started doing a whole bunch of other things. And I know I've been talking, so I'm going to be quiet. But Keep it in rolling, that, man. In that process, in that process after, after the New York chapter started, which is where I briefly drove a yellow cab in the city. I'll never forget that. Um, that's where I really discovered private markets and investing in companies that were not traded. I'd been interested in finance and stocks and all of those things my whole life, certainly very entrepreneurial. I had a ton of businesses. I had a bar in New York City. We had the second Bitcoin ATM. I had a cafe there too. Thank God we sold it. Um, and, you know, post COVID, we sold it. Thank God. You know, so love business, love all that. And I was convinced that investing in companies before they went private was really where everyone made money. Um, and, that's true. That's pretty much how it works. Um, so I didn't want to lose all my money. So I started investing in uh, later stage secondary deals. So these companies before they went public, like Uber, or Airbnb, or Robinhood, or Wish.com. And by the way, they don't all go great. But you, you, don't, you won't get a zero. You know what I mean? You can, of course, you know, BlockFi, FTX. I mean, things things do go. WeWork, maybe. Now they filed for bankruptcy. Things do go to badness. Um, but, you know, you don't keep your money tied up for too long. And you're lucky to maybe get 2 to 10x your money, right? And if you put $10,000 into DraftKings, uh, for example, DraftKings was one of my exits. And then 16 months later... Um, you get to 4x out of it, right? You put in 10 grand, you get back 40. Um, I'll do that all day. So, and I also wasn't like really investing in dangerous early stage things. You know, it was good building up that. And then through that process, because you can tell clearly that I'm, you know, a Columbia MBA, you know, I mean, that just oozes out. Um, becoming Are a you? Yes, of course. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, um, I was like, damn, I, I I can never tell if you're entirely kidding. I mean, it's a good thing. You know, you keep me on the edge of my seat here, but you had me going with that for a little while. Are you kidding me? Come on, look at me. Uh, I don't know what college would take me. But, I never uh, judge a book by its cover. <laughs> well, that's how you're going to judge a book then, damn it. By uh, reading the damn thing. <laughs> that takes forever, man. I want to <laughs> see a good cover on a book. Maybe I'll um, just watch the movie version. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So then I started just really becoming obsessed with learning about angel investing because, oh, my God, well, look at what there is to learn. Um, and that never and that never stops. So becoming obsessed with that. And I and I, I met somebody actually, coincidentally, at one of Tone's events. It was a financial summit. Uh, and I was showing him what I was doing and, and some of my exits. And he said, if you really want to do this, you got to do the early stage stuff. You know, this is great, but you really have to do it. And it was like, well, I don't want to lose all my money. And it's like, well, continue with the education and invest small amounts of money. And, and he really dialed me up, got me into deal flow, we call it, right, uh, from, from some of the best people that I respect a ton. And when they're sending you deals, right, just like how we send deals in Lightning Ventures, um, you know that some work has went into it, right? There's a due diligence process. There's a process that we're going through. We're, we're looking at things that we specialize in, okay? We, we don't have a deal for clothes that block, you know, waves in your house, you know, or drugs that make your dog live longer, okay? Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable sending Walker a deal for um, a new hip replacement therapy, okay? Because that's not really what I know. 
Um, so anyway, so I started investing small checks into these um, companies, everything, everything you can imagine, flying cars and robotic groceries and all of these kind of things, small checks, reading the updates from the founders, learning as much as I could through that process and continually learning. And occasionally there were some Bitcoin deals. I was a Bitcoin long before this point, but there wasn't like a ton right? So maybe fold, I got the deal for fold sent to me. Um, or, you know, I, I Kraken doesn't count, right? But I picked up some Kraken shares on a on a secondary um, earlier, or, you know, uh, there, there weren't that many put it that way, or Swan Bitcoin, for example, you know, uh, there were a few, but there wasn't a ton. And um, invested psychotically into way too many of these things. And then some good friends of mine basically motivated me and said, hey, why don't you start your own shop, right? And I'm really passionate about providing these investments to people, right? To getting the light bulb going off on this is an asset class and how much money you can make when it goes right uh, with angel investing and early stage tech investing as a whole um, and how that can compares to Bitcoin and can complement your portfolio. And even, even without just investing in Bitcoin startups, which is all that I think about and deal with, investing period in a lot of these companies. Um, you know, where else do you get, you know, a hundred to a four thousand X return uh, that's not a, a a useless token or some type of thing like that, right? Like these are real equities and real deals. And um and making sure that there's some education, keeping the minimums low and getting people started, right? So that's the syndicate part of Lightning Ventures. And we raised a very small friends and family fund that is now almost deployed. That's no fees, no carry, right? I'm running it for free. Uh, and that was a great pilot fund to kind of get started on that side of things, as well as building out the syndicate, which I love. And that's pretty much where we're at now. Um, is is on a deal by deal basis, you can invest in startups for as little as a thousand dollars. You can be impactful. You can read the updates from the founders. You could maybe find sponsors, right? Like I can't wait. Somebody today, I don't want to say the name. Somebody today was like, "Hey, we want, um, you know, we're trying to like go live," and it's like, "Hey, well, how about some sponsorships on podcasts that maybe aren't owned, right? Maybe it's like." not maybe it's like not the swan bitcoin uh crew or it's not you know the unchained crew but maybe there's like we call it Moneyball, right if you ever saw the brad pitt movie it's a baseball movie where you're trying to spend the perfect amount of money on like the best player that's like underrated right so if you wanted to spend some money in the in the podcast space maybe you would you would throw a little money at something like this right which i'm sure you could use it so um, that's why it's great having awesome people in the syndicate is because when we send out an email being like, does, can anyone help with that? And maybe uh, someone had invested in that deal. They can say, yeah, I know someone or yeah, I'll hop on the phone with them, you know, and that's really what it's all about. It's not just about cutting a check and saying adios. It's about being as proactive as you can be with what resources you have and what's available. So I really try to do that. That's what we're all about as much as we can in our capacity. Man, that was a, that was a, a righteous intro. I loved it. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always open to sponsorships for another fucking Bitcoin podcast. So I think for a lot of people, the world of VC funding, like 
is completely opaque. Like maybe, you know, until I started talking with you, I really had no idea. I still kind of have no idea, but I'm starting to. But I think for a lot of people, it's just like this other area. And when you hear VCs, you think of the, you know, the Silicon Valley uh, vest wearing, you know, tight European soccer player haircut type people. Um, and, and it just seems like it's this big money pumping scheme into this, you know, uh, and I'm speaking Silicon Valley style, not, uh, let's say Bitcoin startups, but pumping a lot of money into vaporware, driving up the price in various rounds and taking a sweet exit. And then kind of, you know, what comes of it? Obviously there are some that are incredibly useful and also genuinely profitable companies, but there's a lot of junk out there. Right. And a lot of that is driven by the fact that there has been so much money just soaking in the system for so long that people are like, okay, I need more and more speculative investments to just try and stay above of the rampant inflation that we have. And I want to get into to that a little bit, into the kind of the, the, the differences between what you guys are doing and what, uh, you know, funds like Ego Death are doing versus the kind of traditional VC route. But first, I, I kind of want to set a baseline. So maybe if you can just walk through a little bit what is your investment thesis at Lightning Ventures? What are you guys looking for in companies? What are you out there scouting for? And you know what what excites you guys as investors? Okay, well, first, I mean, man, I'd love to talk about you know traditional VC versus Bitcoin VC, and you know the the then let's the, start there. Weave the it stigma, in. the stigma that VCs have. Start um, with it. All there's right. no rules here, Muzz. No there's rules. There's no rules? No okay. rules. Um, you know, just like everything, though, they get a bad name, right? Just like lawyers get a bad name and insurance people get a bad name. There's very good insurance people out there, right, that are, like, really cool to deal with. There's used car salesmen who are actually lovely people and great fathers, and they don't – aren't pushy. But as a whole, you kind of have that reputation as – you know, Jimmy Song likes to say rent seeking, you know, they don't add any value. They're just useless. Um, and uh, there is that there are um, funds that perform terribly. And a lot of times they don't get to perform, perform again, because there's a scorecard at the end of it that we all kind of have to live by. Uh, and a lot of these Bitcoin funds that maybe started deploying around the same time, we're all going to have to look back uh, when the dust settles on how we did and what we did, because we're in an industry where uh, not everything is safe with an underlying asset that's secured like real estate, right? If you and I bought a four unit apartment complex, like we have the land, we have the building. I mean, you and I can screw up all sorts of things, but there's like something there. It's not going to go to zero, you know? Uh, and in the startup world, it's a whole different story uh, where many things do. Uh, and the ones that don't are so big of outsized returns that um, it makes up for it. And, you know, VCs are in need, you know, they're, they're necessary, um, especially good ones, you know, even good angel investors, uh, somebody that can be there for you, whether it's an emotional support animal, that's just there to listen, 
or for, you know, vision shaping, uh, or, you know, uh, talking strategy or intros or, you know, whatever the lowest hanging fruit is, whatever the biggest problem that you're trying to solve, they are your team. They are on your side. They are not meant to give you friction and resistance and make you have all sorts of governance and control. They are there to literally support you. So I think the biggest mistake that founders make is they don't utilize their VCs and their cap table, right? If you have 10 people who've invested in your company and maybe there's two VCs and a couple of angels and Aunt Betty and whatever you have on there, um, you know, and you're looking to raise your margins, okay? Um, reaching out to them and talking about how maybe uh, a better deal on your credit card processing or uh, warehouse fulfillment or, you know, uh, a better node management tool or whatever you're doing, right? There's just a lot of ways to leverage them. And the founders that do leverage them, I think that they do the best. Um, so we're not evil people, um, especially at our level, right? I mean, we're not taking board seats and we're not, we're not at that level. And later on, it's a whole nother story. Um, so we're not all bad, I promise you. And the people who are really good, man, they make a lot of money. And, you know, it, you know, having investing $100,000 into someone's venture fund and over the next 10 years being paid um, $3 million um, is pretty cool, uh, you know, that these that they're able to do that on a consistent basis, right? Or have vintage years that obviously do better, right? 2013 was a great year. You have, you have these waves of the DoorDashes and Coinbase and all these kind of things that come out of the Instacarts or whatever from that very early stage. And then you have periods where there wasn't a lot, like right now, it's kind of, a, kind of another year. And maybe if you invested towards the top, that fund won't do quite as well as some of the funds that are about to be investing now. Um, so, you know, we're not all bad. Well, well, I like that. And I, I appreciate the context there because I think it is, uh, it is often lost on many that, all, you know, companies need money. They need capital to be able to function. If you are a capitalist, as I believe, uh, anyone who has gone down the Bitcoin rabbit hole likely is, then you should be encouraging the effective deployment of that capital. Now, one could make the argument that maybe, you know, VCs don't always deploy that capital correctly, but it's their fucking money, right? Well, or their money and others' money, but you need capital to be able to scale businesses. And this is why I really wanted to talk to you because I think at this time right now, it's such an important thing to have VCs that are specifically focused on helping Bitcoin businesses scale, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of malinvestment out there in the world. This is not something new. This is you know it will probably always be the case. But Bitcoin businesses and ones that are actually trying to build on top of Bitcoin, build on top of Lightning, these are ones that actually have a chance at being not just good investments for the investors good companies that do well by their customers and hopefully make a really positive impact on the world. Like these are companies that help drive Bitcoin adoption. And so I think it's so important to highlight those companies to have investors who are focused and saying, we're just going to look at 
companies that are Bitcoin only. We're not going to look at any of this crypto shit. We don't care if you're building a blockchain with a new token, like it's Bitcoin or it's nothing. And so that's probably a good kind of transition into what do you guys look for in your uh, in companies that you end up, you know, rolling forward with? What's your thesis? How do you make those decisions? Where where are the lines in the sand for you guys? Well, first off, because, you know, I'm impossible to work with and I'll go through partners like, you know, nobody's business. Um, I am kind of uh, I am kind of able to make those decisions myself. And I hope that one day, like my report card, it'll be able to say does work well uh, with others. Um, so some people in their thesis is they're very specific. Like, for example, ego death does no mining. OK, so that's just not for them. All right. Uh, for f firms like 1031 have done much, much mining. OK, um, so some really focus on infrastructure. Maybe one doesn't do games. You know, uh, just no matter what, it could be the greatest game that there's out there and has something to do with Bitcoin, but we don't want anything to do with it. Right. Um, I don't have a lot of those rules. Um, it's all things Bitcoin, but some rules are no stacks projects. OK, <laughs> that's a rule. Um, and, you know, nothing that um, no, nothing shit coinery. Right. So like even something like, uh, for example, like uh, out of let's just say that there was an exchange in another part of the world and they were selling other things um, that at this point in time is not something that we would risk a reputational uh, risk from from rolling out in lightning ventures. Right. And that kills a lot of things, uh, you know. So, um, you know, there's no no movies Okay, no movies. That is one hard no. Is anyone who is looking to raise funds for their their movie? That is not something that we can do. Go to Geyser. Um, maybe other people invest in movies or plays or things like that. So that's a no. And then there's something called an uncapped note, which is a certain type of financing uh, uh, terms, and that is a hard no. Anyone who is raising on uh, an uncapped note is something that I wouldn't be interested in, but that leaves pretty much everything else, right? You, that's something like Thunder Games or even something like Crowd Health, right? Which was what was a healthcare company with a large Bitcoin component, you know, something like Ibex with infrastructure or uh, Strike or you know Amber in Australia or Coin Corner in the UK. Um, those type of companies, Osmo down in five Central America companies, those those type of companies were are all in play, right? Something like Relay, which didn't have Lightning when we first invested, right? Everyone thinks like, oh, you just invest in Lightning stuff. Uh, I get that a lot. Um, Could it be the name? I'm it's just possible. wondering. <laughs> you know, we didn't think about it. We didn't think about it early on, um, but something like uh, Relay didn't you know, didn't have Lightning and now has added it, right? Same thing with Amber in Australia. They're going to be adding it, right? Uh, Swan is is testing it right now. You know, so Lightning's kind of where everything's are, everything's going. That's certainly a focus, but that's not like a deal breaker, you know. Um, so as far as the stage goes, um, personally, I like to invest after there is 
some sort of traction, some sort of measurable traction, right? Even if it's just a few weeks or a couple of months, just something. Um, the investments that we've made in the very early pre-product stages, pre-revenue stages, um, those are the hardest ones. They're probably the ones right now that are having the toughest time. Uh, they still had very successful rounds. There's a lot of very more prominent big name VCs that invested a heck of a lot more money than we did um, in those deals. Uh, it's not, it's, you, I wouldn't say that we, we missaw it, uh, but they're having the hardest time you know, launching. And then the products where they have a live product and the KPIs are going up. I mean, if you had 40 customers a week ago and you have 65 this week, you might not think that's great. But once you start putting that on a chart, it starts looking incredible. And those are the type of things, right? Getting somewhere with little, as little funding as possible, actually executing is very important. Question for you. How long has it been since you tried a new hardware wallet? Or maybe you've never had one and want to try one for the first time or need to get some Christmas presents for friends and family. Either way, head to bitbox.swiss slash walker and use promo code walker for 5% off the Bitcoin only Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. It is super easy to use. It's Bitcoin only and it's fully open source. So you can check out the firmware, check out the app, even x-rays of the hardware and other schematics if you are so inclined. Just go to their GitHub and verify it for yourself. You don't have to trust me. Hell, go ahead and build one for yourself if you feel like it. Or do what I did. Go to bitbox.swiss walker and use promo code walker for 5% off. The choice is yours. Yeah, actually getting something done. That's, uh, <laughs> it's always a good place to start. You know, you, uh, you mentioned just in terms of lightning, uh, lightning companies and listed off a few that are currently implementing lightning or have implemented. Uh, we also have seen lately a, well, maybe not just lately, but consistently a lot of, uh, lightning FUD, let's say, and maybe, maybe it's not FUD. Some would argue, maybe it's the reality of the limitations of lightning. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Just in terms of a lot of people go back and forth between, okay, yeah, lightning works, uh, but only when you're running it in a more custodial sense and you have, you know, big nodes with, you know, massive channel capacity. And it's really only going to be something that is working, you know, well in a custodial sense. And, and otherwise it's just, you know, it's just like LARPing. Like what, what's your, what's your take on that? Being in the chair that you're in, seeing these companies who are actively building on this right now. I mean, lightning's working fine for me. How's it working for you? It's working fine for me. So I really don't know what everyone's up in a tizzy about. Um, honestly, like there's only so much time in the day, right? And and what I can focus on is really not that. You know, I, I just I just don't really see any issues, maybe some regulation, right? I mean, Wallet is Satoshi leaving. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't had a payment fail in, I don't even remember the last time. Uh, and there's just, I just, I can't see, I can't see any of these negative arguments. You know, people want to talk about, you know, non-custodial, uh, you know, is the key and is the way. And, you know, I was at a conference one time and this lady, right, we were like in Asia, 
Okay, where it's like getting ready to download her first wallet. And it was like, wallet of Satoshi, real quick, back it up. Here's the two words. Boom, I sent her $5. And this guy next to me, like after she left, uh, from what I thought was a pleasant interaction, this guy is like reading me the riot act of like, you should have got her on Phoenix. What is wrong with you? We are bad practices. And it's like, dude, she's like 50. All right, I'm going to like terrify her right now. It's like, you're going to say these words. Don't look. Oh, take a picture of it with my. No, no, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. What if I lose the words? You say it's non custodial, but non custodial means I actually. Yes, yes, yes. Just trust me. Just like, how are we going to possibly go through that? You know? Well, it's something I, I, I definitely agree with because, especially when it comes to, uh, let's say, in person interactions that you have a limited amount of time to show somebody a little bit of the magic of Bitcoin. Are you, it, it, when you have two to five minutes, are you really going to <laughs> go through all of the aspects of, of self-custody right, and explain hardware wallets and explain best practices for storing that seed phrase and explain that, you know, listen, by the way, I want to send you a test transaxion. Uh, you'll see it can, uh, you'll, you'll know, you'll know that it's real once there's been six block confirmations. Why six? Well, because that's when we know the amount of it was, well, just, just take my word for it. It's six. But most of the time when you want to show somebody the magic of Bitcoin and you only have a few minutes, you're going to show them lightning. And the easiest way to do that right now is with custodial solutions. Phoenix wallets doing some great stuff right? But it's still easier to show somebody on a custodial solution right now. Now, it's also the fact that you can still during that conversation say, by the way, what I'm showing you right now is what we call a custodial wallet. You don't really need to worry about what that means. But what it means for you is that if you're going to start learning more about Bitcoin and start saving more of your money in Bitcoin, once you reach a certain amount that you feel like is a good amount of money, you should move that into a self custody solution and you can look that up. And by the way, you know, here's, here's my telegram, here's my WhatsApp, here's my signal, hit me up and I'm happy to answer any questions or go on BTC sessions, YouTube, and literally all of your questions will be answered. Like those quick interactions can be really, really positive for people if they just see that it works and it works right away. And the most reliable way to do that with lightning is in a custodial way, especially when you only have two to five minutes. So I, I agree that self custody is incredibly important. That's how you can actually achieve a degree of sovereignty, which and sovereignty is a big spectrum, right? But we also have to be practical about showing people things that are going to have some wow factor right away. And then encouraging them to do more research, right? Because you can't teach somebody everything that you've learned through thousands of hours of studying Bitcoin in a two minute conversation. It's just not going to happen and you'll drive yourself crazy. But that's a fair, uh, a fair answer to my initial question about the, uh, lightning FUD. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's switch gears a little bit because perhaps we have some entrepreneurs out there who want to build on Bitcoin. Maybe they're already working on something. Maybe they're working by themselves right now. And you know what? They would love to bring on some more people. They would love to turn this into a business, you know, turn this passion project into a business. What advice do you have for early stage entrepreneurs? Maybe they just have an idea. Maybe they have some code written. Maybe they've got a product that's, you know, on you know, almost ready to go. 
what advice do you have for them as far as when should they start looking and you know talking to VCs? Maybe also what questions should they expect from VCs and what questions should they themselves ask to those VCs to make sure they've got a good partner in this journey? Man, that's that's a whole lot of questions there. I know. I like to load them up though because I know that you flow with it. Uh, well, so I have a presentation called Founders and Funding where we chat about some of those things. It's a great and presentation. No, you saw the other one. You didn't see what? this one. Oh, well, damn it. Now I feel left out. Um, but yeah, so what do you do, right? The first thing is, is you're working on your project, okay? And you're maybe finding somebody to help you, all right? And, and that's what cannot be copied, okay? Your, your passion, okay, and executing, um, you do not need to patent. Uh, that is for you, okay? The ideas are cheap. Um, the idea is nothing. Uh, nobody is going to steal your idea, right? in nearly every case, all right? Um, you have to build it. And I think when you get to a point where you need a certain amount of money to get to a next level, to do something, um, whatever that is, maybe it's hire your first engineer, maybe it's um, a liquidity thing, maybe it's a user acquisition campaign, some advertising, whatever you're doing. Uh, you need that money, that is when you should really start preparing to raise it um, in a serious manner. Best practices, yeah, have, um, have a data room. Incorporate properly, you know, create an options pool for the future. You know, a Delaware C is the weapon of choice. That's don't reinvent the wheel and think uh, my neighbor's attorney says a Wyoming LLC is going to be like, don't like it's a Delaware, uh, Delaware C and doing it properly. Um, having those docs uh, in a drive, having your wire instructions. Why do I need to put my wire instructions in a drive after you've opened a bank account? You, you will need them, you know, and you look really smart when you can send that one link to a VC and it has everything in there, maybe it has a short executive summary, maybe it has whatever you're working on with a pitch deck that's in there or some bios of people that are on the team, maybe a very small uh, cap table, even though no one's on it yet. Maybe you have something in there, have all these things um, and be incorporated properly before you reach out to any VC. Um, and you can start that process from the beginning, but why would you ever detract from building to like do these other things? You know, if you, if you have the capacity for it, if it, if it is, but certainly do those things before you reach out to any VCs about getting funding. And then maybe you get to a point where you have an MVP or you have something. All right. And you want to raise $400,000. Okay. And then at that point, um, you really need to think about what that $400,000 is going to do. Is that going to get you your first 3,000 downloads? Is it going to get you your first 500 customers? Is What will it do, right? And how will you spend it, okay? And really try to get into some kind of forecast. See what happened before uh, coming out of a hot market is the you could just raise to extend the runway. Oh, well, we'll just kick out another safe note and raise another two or three million. And yeah, that'll extend it 18 months or however many months. And then 
you, eventually when the money's not there, you have to like build a real business. So it's cool now because all of these uh, entrepreneurs are coming into this world. You can only build a real business. You know, maybe in crypto land, you can still build a fake business. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's still fake things getting fun. I'm not an expert over there in that world. But in Bitcoin land, you have to be a real business. So, um, you know, I mean, there's so many tips here. You know, don't send a 50-page deck. Don't send a generic email that's like, you know, three pages of a block of text, you know what I mean? Just like a short one paragraph, what do you do and why should they care? I mean, that's ultimately what matters. If you can get across what we're doing and why you should care, um, you'll probably get a good response. The double opt-ins, if you know somebody who knows that person, you know, having them do an intro, it works wonders. You know, you, you're so much more likely. And then the double intro from two people that know that person, both saying, hey, have you checked out so-and-so and his project? It's a it's a great thing to do, right? A lot of people, they go online, they buy a list of like 10,000 people. And it's like, dear investor, comma, <laughs> my name is Walker and this is my podcast. And blah, blah, blah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not so, looking for investment uh, in, in this bad boy, but I'll keep that in mind if I do. <laughs> we're not going to run. You're, the Bitcoin. We're not gonna. We're not gonna have an allocation for this next week. Well, I mean, I know you don't do movies. So do you do podcasts? Is is that an is that an investable entity? I suppose anything is. But I, I think Joe Rogan's was acquired for like a whole lot of money. Yeah, so. I, I don't think I'm. Uh, I think I'm just like a couple orders of magnitude below that. Actually, many orders of magnitude. You're but I, it I, out, dog. I appreciate the comparison, nonetheless. You're grinding I got a little too out. much hair. <laughs> um, yeah, I, maybe one day. Um, but no, podcasts are not really um, investable for what we're doing. But there are a lot of good investments that are not necessarily suited for venture. And that's important to know. It's important to know that um, let's just say, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get any shit for it, but let's just say that metal seed uh, plates Okay, things that are like super necessary that we all love as Bitcoiners, these indestructible, that Jameson Lop uh, blog post where he like, you know, blows it up with nitrogen or something. He's like, B minus, I lost one word or whatever it was, you know, uh, th those type of things are great. Like they're necessary tools. They're not like venture investments. You know what I mean? They're not the type of things that that we'd invest in. You know, it's like a hardware, pretty niche thing, right? Um, so like there are things that like need to exist and are probably still great investments. Like that that founder, those teams that are making any like seed plates, they could probably run a very profitable business and pay dividends and have a set of investors with different expectations who are focused on different things and still raise money. It's not that it's not investable. It's just you're in a field in venture where you're trying to return the fund. That's what they call it, return the fund, which is when just one investment in your portfolio returns the entire investment, okay? So if you make a $100,000 investment into a company and your fund size is 10 million, a lot of people's thesis is will be to only invest in things that could potentially return that entire $10 million at least once over. And that might not be obscure node management software, 
Okay. That doesn't mean that it's not a wait, it's a waste of time and you shouldn't do this or whatever. And if anything, it might be able to help that, uh, that team think about how do we make this more commercial? How do we make this make more money or how do we, you know, how do, how do we change it a bit? You know? So there's just a lot of great things to invest in, but they might not all be one size fits all. No, that's uh, I think that that's, that's pretty good advice. I, you got to know yourself, right? And know what, uh, know what kind of lane you're actually going to be operating in. I'm curious if you see just in terms of general trends. So, you know, if we're talking about fiat price of Bitcoin, things are heating up, right? We got a halving around the corner. I know you guys are likely not, uh, you know, you're not basing your investments on, oh, is this going to blow up during the halving? And then, you know, we'll forget about it afterwards. It's you're thinking more long term. But I'm curious, in terms of, let's say, more generalist VCs, if that's the correct term, uh, do you see more of them, more appetite from those traditional or generalist VCs moving in and trying to get some allocations to Bitcoin-only companies? Are you seeing that landscape shifting at all, or what's it look like for you? Definitely a lot of renewed excitement. Um, granted, some of that... Um, maybe pretty decent amount of that is really due to ordinals uh, and these other types of things, right? Love them or, or hate them. And there's so many, right? There's, you know, RGB and ordinals and stacks, right? And w w I know which ones I hate, but I'm just mean as a whole, all right, as a whole, it drives and brings a narrative back to Bitcoin. And that's the number one thing that I'm getting from crypto VCs, right? Uh, is along the lines of, we weren't looking at Bitcoin and now the narrative has changed. Now we're paying close attention to BRC20 tokens and these type of, uh, of type of things. And that's bringing them in. And the only hope is that they come in and realize like there's so much more. Uh, there's so much more than locking up your NFTs, uh, locking up your ordinals and borrowing against it. I can tell you right now that is something that like I am, have 0% interest in and want nothing to do with and it may even be a good investment i don't know they close like these type of things are closing oversubscribed venture rounds of not the bitcoin vcs that we all know and love but um another group of people right or the taproot wizards what, what was their tagline it said something like we're gonna make bitcoin something again or i believe it was fun again make bitcoin fun again I, I mean, so. I didn't get that pitch deck and I don't think they would dare ever approach Lightning Ventures. Uh, so I didn't know. I just read the press release. But like, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows what's going to happen? And the the crypto VCs are certainly more focused on Bitcoin. I even get the we were solely focused on Bitcoin and now we're looking to really solely be focused on Bitcoin. Um, so there's a big shift in that and the traditional VCs, the FinTech VCs, they're all kind of coming around. Um, but it's still not like a main focus, you know, you see their name on some deals. They're starting to participate. They're starting to talk to companies more, but I, we have a long way to go because you can pretty much name the Bitcoin VCs on maybe two hands at the most. No, that's, that's interesting. And I, I know I'm curious then given that perspective that there is less attention being paid to Bitcoin focused, Bitcoin only startups than is due to it. I mean, much like Bitcoin itself, right? 
still the vast majority of people, even if they've heard of Bitcoin, don't think about it uh, nearly as often as uh, folks like we do, right? And probably don't own any, you know, not high 90s percent of the world has no exposure to Bitcoin. So we're still early. And it sounds like we're still very early in terms of the Bitcoin VC space. And I'm curious, you know, with that, do you think that a lot of these Bitcoin companies are, are they undervalued or are they, are they just fairly valued? Because maybe Bitcoin VCs uh, take the concept of money and funding a, a little more seriously than the traditional ones. What's, what's your take on just valuations that you're seeing in general? What's the appetite for the rounds that you guys are participating in? And has that been shifting over, you know, the last six months? Well, I think it's actually quite the opposite. Um, I think that traditional VCs definitely more fairly value, negotiate, and are much shrewder uh, with investing than the Bitcoin VCs and in Bitcoin land in general. And like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get in trouble uh, or say the wrong thing. Uh, but you know, like if you are, if you looked at Think about this, all right? If I've invested in over 2,000 deals, think about how many deals I didn't invest in. Think about how many that I saw, okay? And when you see a company that has 800K uh, in ARR and it's up 5X from last year and they're raising at, you know, a 16 million uh, post money valuation and they have like quality co-investors, okay? And it's like a f wallet in Africa that does a payment or something, uh, whatever, whatever it is. Okay. And then you come to Bitcoin land and it's like, do to do like, yeah, we've got 1800 in revenue, but it's sats, man. And we're thinking 21 post million valuation, no discount. Like we like the number 21, man. All right. And it's just like, well, hold on a second here. Uh, Take, take a knee. And, it's, and, and like, I'm like old man yells at startup valuation, you know, that's me and that's fine. But um, there are some others, right. That, that, that also we talk us Bitcoin VCs and we're like, yo, that guy is high, you know, or whatever. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but yeah, in Maybe. Bitcoin land, in, in Bitcoin land, it's, um, it's a little different than uh, traditional venture. Like if they actually went to a real, uh, VC, uh, and they told them what they were trying to do. I think the VC would just politely say, you know, we can't really justify this at that valuation. Um, pr pretty much most of the time. And in the Bitcoin land, there's a lot of real companies. There's a lot of profitable companies. Um, I mean, a lot of our companies are having record months, uh, now when the price is terrible. Um, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen in a bull market. Okay, every on-ramp, off-ramp exchanges, the, um, the, the sats back type of companies, you know, the Bitcoin company, the gift card companies, uh, everything that you can imagine, many of them are having absolute record quarters, record months. We're getting the updates. They batten down the hatches through SVB and FTX and Celsius and everything that just happened, batten down the hatches, uh, made it through this time. And on the other side, my Lord. You know, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Well, it's interesting too, because, you know, uh, maybe some of these companies, especially ones that have Bitcoin treasuries are more fairly valued than one might think, even if we're saying, okay, a lot, you know, maybe there's a lot of exuberance 
in general about these companies, right? And like Bitcoiners love seeing other Bitcoiners building stuff and maybe get overly exuberant. And, you know, the Bitcoiners themselves are like, you know, we're worth this much. But for companies that have Bitcoin treasuries, which I think is a lot, I mean, is it fair to say it's most of the companies you guys are investing in? Or is it, what's kind of the percentage there? I'm curious, but I mean, they're going to see a massive appreciation in the value of their cash on hand when Bitcoin starts doing its thing in fiat terms. So I love that. It's one of my favorite concepts to like, you know, smoke a joint and think about in my private <laughs> uh, life. But, you know, but if you if you if your revenue is in sats, right, and you're you're looking back in the past four five, six months, OK, in your Excel spreadsheet, OK, your U.S. dollar revenue in sats for those months is literally you're rewriting the past. You're literally with every 10% move higher or whatever. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to think about, right? And then you have two ends of the spectrum. You have the end that conservative, you know, you cannot keep 100% of your treasury in Bitcoin, okay? And you have that mindset of like at least a small amount. I believe every company that we've invested in uh, that is has a Bitcoin treasury, um, I mean, I want to say I know it, I know it, but I don't know it, but I'm pretty sure of it. I, I can't think of one that doesn't. Okay. And they have revenue in Bitcoin and they keep Bitcoin, uh, and they distribute Bitcoin. All right. So certainly it's going to be great when the price moves higher. Okay. But they're responsible and you kind of have to be because look what we just went through. Okay. If you YOLO'd 100% as a startup, of your corporate treasury in Bitcoin at 65,000 and just rode that the whole way, um, you're probably not in business uh, now, really. Um, sorry, I mean, you have to pay bills. There are things that you have to do. You know, you're living on a Bitcoin standard. Well, like that works, but you know, uh, your Bitcoin standard in fiat terms of measurement um, can, can kill you, right? And then there's the other side of that spectrum, right? Scarce city. Um, I love scarcity. They're such a fun company. They, they don't take themselves seriously. They have satscrap.com, uh, which would be a great sponsor for you, by the way, satscrap.com and the Pepe flyers and all this fun stuff. They are 100% Bitcoin treasury. 100%, 100% of their income is in Bitcoin. 100% of their treasuries in Bitcoin. And like, you can tell, like they feel it. Like we're sitting around 17,000 Bitcoin price. Like, they're not spending, you know what I mean? They're battening down the hat, you know, they're, they're just like surviving. And then all of a sudden we, we have that move now, you know, and we're, we're pushing 38,000 or whatever. And it just, it looks so good on their balance sheet, but that's a YOLO mindset, right? You have to be a YOLO mindset. If you're YOLOing your life savings into an op return on some of the things that they're, uh, that they sell in their Sotheby's like auctions. Um, but yeah, I mean, and everything in between, right. And everything in between, but to your answer, yes, I believe everyone has a Bitcoin treasury and moving forward, their previous month's income, as well as their current balance sheet and runway is just going to extend with every move, with every move higher. And I mean, that's just kind of a, it's a beautiful thing, right? Like, and it's also, I feel probably a good incentive for businesses to, obviously you need to think about how am I, you know, paying the bills in the immediate future that need to be paid in fiat, but you're also thinking in a more low time preference way, as Bitcoiners are wont to do, to think longer term ahead and think, okay, 
how, you know, what's this going to look like for us in the next one, two, five years, 10 years? Like, I think it's a, a good mentality shift to have that treasury. And clearly, you know, when, uh, we're seeing it now, and I'm sure leading up to and following the next having, it's going to look really brilliant that all of these companies have Bitcoin treasuries. Uh, they're going to be, again, like the idea of, you know, going back and rewriting the history of your cash flow at these times and saying like, oh, wow, like, look at this. If you're denominating in fiat, we have a lot more on hand than we did, you know, six months ago. It's a, it's a powerful thing, I think. Um, I'm, you know, I'm curious because I think one of the critiques that you see from maybe folks more so in, in crypto land is that, you know, Bitcoin is boring. Uh, nobody's building on Bitcoin. Bitcoin's not exciting. Bitcoin's not fun. Uh, that's why I'm in crypto because crypto, that's where the builders are and that's where the fun is. Do you have a, like, do you have a message to those folks? Because, you actually see the building that's happening on this. You see it in real time and you help boost it. So like, what is your message to the crypto folks who look over at Bitcoin and say, mm, it's just not fun. It's boring. It's not, there's no, nothing happening. You know, you know, when you watch like mainstream news and literally they say the exact opposite of what's happening, they're like, meat's bad for you, you know? <laughs> Bitcoin's a terrible savings, you know, or whatever they say is just like the opposite. It's amazing to me that people really say that like nothing's happening on Bitcoin and that all of this innovation and all of this real work is happening outside of Bitcoin. Because even if you look at these other projects, nothing is going on. Like, like actually nothing is happening on these other projects. Like I've never, I don't even know like who's, I've never met one Bitcoin cash startup. Let's just say that. I have no idea. Like nobody's ever been like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, just a strictly a Solana VC. I'm looking at startups that are building on this. Like, I, I don't even know who these companies are, you know, or if there are real companies or there are real, it, it, there's nothing there. And then you look at the actual transactions and the volume and like what's going on there. It's absolutely meaningless. You know, it's absolutely meaningless. And, and they push this narrative that nothing's going on in Bitcoin. Everything's going on in Bitcoin. Everything that's going on in your shitcoin will come to Bitcoin if it didn't start on Bitcoin, right? But Bitcoin's just too busy to like, you know, be like the answer to the world's problems to like, you know, deal with the slick NFT wallet. But like, it'll come, like, it'll be here. Just takes time, you know? And um, there's, you know, we say like, no one's using Bitcoin, right? Uh, no one is using Bitcoin. I mean, in reality, like in the big scheme of things of like how many people, like no one's using Bitcoin, really no one is using, oh, it's the internet computer protocol. Like the guy was in the blockchain lab. He helped invent Watson. They always come to, like they, they send you this email and it's like, this guy helped work on Watson. Like that's what they all say. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and, and like there's, it's all nonsense. It's all air. And, you know, speaking in simple heuristics, right? Uh, you tell children, don't take candy from strangers. There might be a lot of great strangers with a lot of fine candy. All right. It might taste great. It might be very safe, but you tell children that, right? So when you're investing, uh, whether it's in crypto, quote unquote, or any of these startups, like just have Bitcoin, like that's the heuristic. 
you know, you might miss out on a little bit of candy, but you won't die. <laughs> you, you won't end up in a crypto van somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I think that that's it's very fair because it's so often that that critique is just cope anyway. Right. It's like, well, sure, we might be running uh, essentially a Ponzi scheme over here with, uh, you know, butt token, but at least we're having fun. Right. Look at it. Look at all the fun we're having. And it's like, I don't know, I, I've met a lot of Bitcoiners now and Bitcoiners that are starting companies. And I got to say, it's a lot of fun uh, to be around that and to be around people that are actually building things that aren't just vaporware. Like to see people building things that actually have a mission where they say, I want to, yeah, I want to make money. Obviously, that's why I'm doing this. But in order to make money, I want to have made the world a little bit of a better place. Like I want to actually create value and have that be why I am accruing capital for that value creation as I should. Because when you put value out there, that like that's the point, like making money is a good thing. Like that is, that is great. And when you're doing that in an ethical way by providing real products and services that actually make people's lives better and don't just promise them, you know, like some fucking hexagon Richard Hart scam of like, well, you know, you're, you're going to make, you know, 3000% and it's risk-free and it's so much better than Bitcoin. And it's like, what, what are you, what are you building? Like you're, you're, yeah, you might've built a really clever scheme but it's just that. And, you know, at least uh, Bitcoin founders, Bitcoin VCs can hopefully sleep uh, relatively soundly in the knowledge that at least they're bringing some products and services to the world that are actually going to do a little bit of good and not just rug a bunch of people, but enrich a couple. So, hey, I don't know. So every company that we've invested in and every Bitcoin company uh that that we look at like they are real companies okay and that's what i think a lot of people don't understand yet about the bitcoin uh funding ecosystem is we're still like grouped in with this whole crypto world right where people aren't really separating that these are actual companies these are actual real companies okay and they just they lump it in with that we're crypto and I do calls with crypto VCs. And to be honest with you, I mean, the joke's on me because these people have a ton of money. I mean, I talked to a kid the other day. I mean, he must've been 23 years old. He's got like a hundred million dollars in asset under management. I looked at his portfolio. I couldn't tell you one of these things. I don't even know what they are. And I don't know how he's performing or what he's doing, but he basically wants the best Bitcoin deals. He reached out to me because he wants to invest in the best Bitcoin startups. And I was flattered because he has money and I don't. No, just kidding. Uh, so yeah, like, let's get on a call. Let's find out about what you're doing. And he couldn't get over the fact that no deal that I have invested in and no deal that I will ever send him will ever have a token. It, it doesn't register in his brain that there's a way to invest in a company and have equity and like what venture investing is. Okay. It's all about like, when's the token and when do I, when can I dump? Okay. And that is such a shitty investor. 
like the kind of investor you get from like I'm in it to win it with all these companies. Okay, I am here the whole way. All right, we it's you, it's us versus the world. Okay, I am on your team. There is no like, oh, I can dump my ibex token in six months from now and like it doesn't work that way like we are building a company you know and it's just a whole nother mindset in these worlds and he basically said there is not one deal that he's invested that he can invest in that doesn't have some kind of token uh liquidity component that's like his like i'm not allowed to invest like our fund is structured to where i cannot invest in in a crypto project uh, that has a token or whatever, like it's not allowed. Okay. His is the opposite. He can only invest in these type of things. And I mean, all these people have so much money. I mean, the people who did well during all of this, God bless them, you know, and we're sitting here, look at us. You know, <laughs> if, uh, if that story is not just indicative of the entire crypto land ethos i don't know what is that idea that oh i'm i can't invest in anything that doesn't have a token that i can dump on retail like because that's what it comes down to right yeah they're not going to invest in anything that they cannot before the general public you know or as the general public starts to get in because they pump it up with bots on twitter and in their telegram channels and with their shilly uh influencers pump it up, pump it up. And then just as soon as it starts taking off and, you know, go into the moon, all the initial big bag holders dump it all and, you know, get some insane returns. Wow. Great. Good for them. But like, what a piece of shit, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I guess it comes down to a question of like, how much are your morals worth? And I'm sure people have a number for that. A lot of people clearly have a number for that. But I just don't think he man. knows. I don't think he knows that that's like not cool. I think he but just let, thinks that it, that's the game. Like he doesn't know that shilling vaporware and dumping on retail is maybe, maybe not a great thing to do. Or you think his perspective is like, well, as long as maybe it looks at it very analytically, like if I'm making money in my fund, that's my job. It doesn't matter how I make the money. It doesn't matter if it's ethical or not. It's just whether I make a return. You think that's what it comes down to? Well, I'm old enough to be his father. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to say, son, let me tell you something about investing, okay? Um no, but like, okay, so here's an example, right? The need for liquidity. It's not just that like, if, if it's about the need for liquidity, here's what happens, right? We invest in Walker Bitcoin, all right? Walker Bitcoin is a new startup. I know the founder. He's a great man. He's expecting, okay? We invest 100K. And let's say that Walker Bitcoin gets to a Series B level, okay? And let's say that our, our investment is marked up 30x okay so if we invested a hundred thousand okay and we're up 30x now we're sitting on three million dollars of equity okay no token now at that point in time right when you get later on in the company a lot of the early investors okay would like to distribute some capital okay to their investors okay but then also at that later stage you have a lot of new investors that want to come in 
okay, that want to come in and just start there because these investors that invest in later stage rounds, they specialize. That's when they come in. They're not in the early pre-seed and seed rounds, okay? So that's what they look for. So if we went and we sold 20% of our $3 million to a new investor, okay, um, and then we're able to distribute 5x are uh, to all of those investors that were in the, that early round for a couple of years, give them 5X their money. We still have 80% of our money. You get to approve that share transfer and say, yes, I like these guys, okay? And you get to all hug and, and talk and all of that good stuff, okay? That's the proper way, all right, that that would happen. And by the way, we're still in it for 80% and love you and wanna support the hell out of you and that's how it goes, right? That's how it would happen. But this in the YOLO generation, this is too much work. We can't do this. I'm gonna dump. <laughs> God, I mean, and, and it's such a fundamental difference too between going through rounds of of financing and offloading some of your you know early round shares to new institutional you know investors that want exposure and as you said, who specialize in that later stage financing versus we're gonna buy up sixty percent of this new shitcoin supply. And as soon as it, you know, launches on two exchanges, we're dumping 99 or 100% of it and we're moving on to the next one. Like, and because it's one is dumping on retail for, well, dumping vaporware on retail and then watching that vaporware token go to zero. One is financing an actual business and then taking some of those proceeds, returning to your investors while still maintaining a position in that company, because presumably you also think this company's not stopping here. They've got, you know, they've got a actual good revenue model, not just a revenue extraction model or a money extraction model. Because that's what, I mean, these, that's what these shit coins are, right? It's just extraction. And the sad thing is that it's like so many of these crypto projects pitch themselves as super cypherpunk, right? And they're so like, we, you, we want to give money back to the little guys and not just to Wall Street, but it's like, you're just doing a hyper condensed, hyper accelerated version of the Wall Street rug pull on dumb money. Like, that's exactly what you're doing. You're just doing it much faster and with a little slicker marketing maybe, um, and more apes. I don't know. It just seems, seems, uh, seems just really shitty. So I'm glad that there are Bitcoin VCs out there like yourself, uh, like the, you know, the folks at Ego Death that are actually looking for good companies that are trying to make a difference and are providing capital to them because you need capital, right? I'm curious because I want to be also conscious of your scarce time in this world. I know you are a busy man. You are helping these companies, but is there anything you can say about anything that's like public just about companies that you're really excited about right now that you're like, man, I'm like, they're, they're kicking ass right now. They're doing, you know, bringing in solid numbers. They're, they're growing their user base. They're growing their revenue, or maybe just one that's, that's still a little bit early, but you're really stoked about because they've got a great idea. Can you, can you share any of that? Any specific or not too specific, but specific enough? Yeah. Why not? Uh, worst that could happen is I just get yelled at by them. Um, <laughs> so I am so excited about every Bitcoin startup 
that has not died. That is just incredible to have gotten through this. And I've been through some bear markets. You've, you've been through some too. Okay. After this is actually I, my first, technically I'm still new oh here. Oh my God. This one's brutal, bro. Yeah. I mean, after Mount Gox, <laughs> after Silk Road, I mean, that was a tough one that felt like that. I thought that was bad. That is nothing compared to this. Okay. And, and, and then in 2017, after ICOs, nothing, uh, this, this is, this has been tough. Everything from the block fies and the failures and SVB and just so much. It's just been brutal. If you survived this, you should get a medal of honor. I mean, you have survived such a hard time, especially if you're an exchange, if you're an exchange, the trust, the trust level for exchanges in their business is just couldn't be worse. Right. And I think nearly every exchange that we've invested in is having record months and wow. in every, in every way. And a lot of them are public about it. Relay is not very shy about it. Uh, having month after month of, of records. Right. And, you know, we've only had a couple of pro a couple of companies that didn't make it. And if you look at how many are supposed to fail, um, they haven't failed yet. Like they have survived through the hardest possible conditions um, to be a Bitcoin company. And then you got choke point 2.0 and then you can't get a freaking bank account and then you can't even do normal things. Right. It's hard enough to just survive. You're like getting debanked and the in your operating account goes missing for 22 days till you get a paper check in the mail. OK. And having to deal with those type of things. And yeah, there's a few that didn't make it, you know, Um really one actually you know uh in reality and i would i would just love to just talk a whole bunch of shit um because he's not even he's not even a bitcoiner he's not even in the space but this guy man oh my god um i actually want to write something about it oh my god but anyway no seriously every company is doing great um i mean you want to you want to pick them out i mean every exchange you know amber in Australia, you know, Beaver Bitcoin in Canada, Swan Bitcoin here, adding different products. Strike, you've seen their news lately. Um, you know, we have a couple of companies that are in Wolf. You know, it's top secret, right? The Wolf Accelerator is going on for their third cohort right now. Um, two companies that Lightning Ventures had already invested in prior to them getting accepted to Wolf makes me look like I know what I'm doing at least a little bit. So that's kind of nice. Um, you know, and, um, they're having record months, you know, slice, for example, I love slice, uh, 500,000 downloads records, wow. shattering records. You know, I believe even companies that were not invested in like Albi, I think are, are having record months, you know, um, some companies, you know, it takes a little while to, to find, to, to pivot. You know, Vita, Lyle Pratt, super accomplished team. Like they've pivoted a couple of times into different, different areas, you know, and they've built a ton of shit that works. And you're kind of involved a little bit to see that process, to see it start to happen, you know, uh, to have an AI agent that's going to stand in front of your spam, you know, to be paid for every message that comes into your box, you know, to start to implement these things, to have an AI person answer your phone for you and be like, Walker's phone. And then you're like, give him a, give him a British accent, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and, and, and to like 
get some of these things that that are that are pivoting and coming together through teams that have done it before and they know how to save money and they're not out there yoloing um every every company is doing great zaprite you know zaprite was interesting because they went so long without an update you know and just a few calls here and there checking in on the founder and then bam parker lewis joins bam will joins bam no longer free subscription only you know what i mean and it's like bam um uh, partnership with unchained for you know corporate accounts and like everything starts happening you know uh the bitcoin company ben price you know i believe he had a record month this month um just killing it uh, that's gift cards that's gift cards you know when you hit a profitable moment okay uh forget about all the neobank stuff forget about card linked offers and everything else that you want to roll out down the roadmap but like when you can get your company to a point where you you finally hit that cash flow break even like that's a huge moment look at jan 3 for crying out loud jan 3 is all over the world me meeting with world leaders we were lucky to even get in that round trust me they did not need our pittance okay but they liked us um and you know we make up for in heart what we lack in check size and they're all over it right now how are they going to make money i mean we'll see your dca nation states let's see what comes of it you know, they were heavily involved with the volcano bonds. I, I believe that's that's shifted now, volcano energy. But um, I mean, every company, man, and they're they're bringing Bitcoin to every end of the world, and it's just so exciting, right? This the Lightning Network connecting every country on the earth. Okay, I mean, like, remember those early like uh, Lightning Network graphs? You know, where you'd see this like visualization. Now it's like a freaking ball of yarn right um but you know early on there there weren't that many you know and i picture the world that way when i think about a lot of our portfolio companies i picture this map okay and you can see in every one of these companies you can see them you can see them connected right you can see that strikes send globally network is connecting the entire world right and then you have pouch and philippines with ethan and you have osmo and you have all of them all over the world, okay? Neutron pay in Vietnam, okay? And you all connect through these rails. And now you can start to send money um, from fiat over lightning into fiat in their native country. And both the people have no idea that Bitcoin was even involved. And that just gives me goosebumps to just think about, you know? I was on a call yesterday, this guy in India, and he was like some crypto guy. And I, I'm like talking to him about we just invested in an Indian remittance Bitcoin startup. And he's like, there's no way that works. And I'm like, what's your phone number? And I plug in his Indian number and boom, a dollar from my Chase account lands INR in his account. You know what I mean? That wow. is incredible. And that type of stuff just gets me super excited. Man, that, that just got me pumped up. <laughs> like, I mean, because because I love I love to hear about this, and I think that the more people that hear about all of the incredible companies that are and these teams too that are just building out incredibly useful real world solution solving tech on top of Bitcoin in and around Bitcoin and the Lightning Network. Even I think you've got a couple of companies that are. Uh, utilizing Noster as well and building on Noster. Like that's incredible. And they're solving real problems. 
they are uh, being, uh, they are forced to be probably more frugal because of recent bear marketiness. But now you're seeing this kind of explosion, right? And people are starting to become profitable. They're they're having a positive cash flow. Like it's amazing to see that, and especially getting to just you know, you meet some of these folks at Bitcoin conferences and you're like, man, couldn't happen to a better guy or gal. Like you, you love to see these people succeed because their heart's in the right place. And I think that that, you know, not to sound too mushy, but I think that that genuinely matters. And if you want to build something that's lasting and that is going to have a positive impact, you need to have founders and a founding team and also VCs whose hearts are in the right place. And so I think that's a beautiful kind of alignment of values. And I'm just glad that it's happening out there, you know, but Muz, this has been awesome. Uh, last question off topic, but anything you're reading right now that uh, when you're not, you know, uh, giving advice and, and doing that or any anything that you would recommend book wise, I, I like to ask this question just to to mellow it out at the end. Okay, so outside of like all the boring venture capital books and all outside of all that stuff. Yeah, well, anything you want, really. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but there's just too many VC books that no one cares, cares about. All right, but there's a, there's a really cool spiritual book. It's called Living Untethered. And uh, my wife, uh, Anna, runs a Bitcoin and spirituality all-woman's book club. Okay, Ooh. so very big. Carla would be a great candidate. I might be able to get her in, but you know, where we have that distance problem. But anyway, the book is called Living Untethered. It's by Michael Singer. And um, it's really, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Um, the audiobook is not as good. Because uh, it's one of those things where you read like three sentences, and you just have to like stop and just like, think about like everything I've done in my entire life and who I am as a person and like, why am I here? And like, am I an asshole and whatever? And then, and then you like, you know, highlight that part and then you read like another half a page and you're just like, wow, I'm never going to get through this book. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Well, nice. I appreciate the recommendation. And then I'll, uh, I will link lightning ventures and you, uh, in the show notes. I'll also link your podcast as well for folks that want to check that out because you're talking to founders, you're talking to other VCs all the time, anywhere else that uh, people should go to check out more or website best. What do you say? Well, you have a podcast. We uh, do a few little interviews with founders when we in invest and try to get something into the archives. Okay. Um, so, you know, if anyone is interested in investing in Bitcoin startups, you can click the join button on our website, uh, ltng.ventures. And if you just fill that out, um, we will send you an, an invitation to join our group uh, that bypasses some wait period and paperwork and other things. Uh, you can just fill that out and you can click uh, what kind of Bitcoiner you are. And maybe if you have some special skills or something that you want to note, because that's what it's all about. Right. And it's great for networking. Also, it's not just about whether you're investing or not. It's about just being a part of the network. Uh, we've had people who are in our syndicate who didn't invest in a deal and ended up becoming advisors with companies. Uh, because they have specialized knowledge in ad tech or whatever. And they, they ended up 
Uh, and that's all them, right? And that's all great. And it doesn't benefit me. It just benefits the companies, which I guess benefits me, right? Because they're beloved portfolio companies. Um, so just getting quality people in the group uh, is great. Uh, I meet people sometimes and they're like, oh, I'm not really investing, you know, I mean, like, that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? You're seeing deals, you know, you're putting together, uh, you're getting your brain around some of the best opportunities that are out there. So that's the way you can get started investing. If you are a founder, if you're building something, uh, if you are raising around or getting ready to raise around, we're a great vehicle for that. Uh, everything from uh, early stuff um, that maybe doesn't have a VC, but certainly are incorporated and everything else to later stuff like strike series B. We had a little allocation, um, in that round too. And, uh, we can often help fill out your fundraise. So if you were raising $2 million and you had one and a half million, you know, maybe we can help you with that and, and bring some of the, the true Bitcoin community, um, on, uh, involved and you never know what you're going to get out of there. So that's really what we're all about. And, um, that's, we're just going to keep trucking on. We're going to do the best that we can Walker. And for Christ's sake, man, I can't believe that we got through this bear market. Like it was, it was very hard for us just like everyone else. And well, you're, you're coming out of the tunnel now. Um, I lied. I have one more very short question because I want to just hear your elevator pitch for why should people invest in Bitcoin companies instead of just putting their money in Bitcoin? Ah, the number one question that Bitcoin VCs get asked. That's what we have to thwart, right? And you know, it's interesting because Bitcoin, uh, because LPs and investors in Bitcoin funds are smarter than the average person. Okay. Anyone who's investing in a Bitcoin venture fund is, is way smarter than somebody who's investing in a generalist VC's next uh, fund. Because that person that invests in is not w comparing his investment to Bitcoin. Okay. That person is like, oh, this is uh, the guy. He's going to invest in uh, electric sneakers and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they don't compare it with like Bitcoin because they're not even like cool like that, right? So LPs in the Bitcoin land, yes, right? We have to outperform Bitcoin. We have to outperform uh, the best performing asset over the last 10 year period, okay? Uh, and it has been the best performing asset over a 10 year period, but not for that entire 10 year period. And when you look at uh, smaller time frames in there of of years, um, there are many many Bitcoin startups or early stage venture startups that have outperformed Bitcoin as a whole over that time. Um, I, I, there's two real ones because there's not many there's not many public comps to use. We have to use like Coinbase and Kraken, you know, and Coinbase is like a 4,000 X from their uh, early round to when they went public. And then the stock probably cratered from there. I mean, I, but I just mean you get the idea, right? And Bitcoin didn't do that. And there were times over that period where, um, you know, Kraken had returned 115 X and the Bitcoin had returned, you know, 45 to 50 X. Okay, so they both did very well, um, but, you know, it should outpace it right now. The difference is, is this is if you were investing in pick a company, right? Like start nine, 
Okay. The chances of something like start nine going from pick evaluation, right? Let's just use round numbers. The chances of a start nine going from 10 million to a hundred million. Okay. In like a year and a half. Okay. I've seen those things happen. I have personal angel investments that are up 80 X. Okay. Uh, in less than three years. Um, that's going to be very hard for Bitcoin to do at this point in time. It's going to be really hard for Bitcoin to just 10x from here to 360,000. Now, sure, it can happen, right? Because it's Bitcoin and nobody has any Bitcoin and it's a big world and it's Bitcoin, right? So it could happen. But at the same time, it, it can happen with these startups a lot faster and can go a lot more. So I like to think about it as it's a way to diversify your HODL position, okay? And no, I wouldn't come into three angel investments for six figures each and, and do that. I would just invest small amounts, right? I would read the updates. I would follow along and I would just get my teeth, you know, before I went out there and really did anything substantial. Now, conversely, what are the odds of start nine failing and going to zero? And what are the odds of Bitcoin failing and going to zero? So there's certainly another risk that needs to be considered there. It's not likely that Bitcoin's going to fail and go to zero, right? And with a lot of these startups, no matter how great they're doing, there is certainly um, a significant risk, okay, that they may never achieve uh, um, traction or a substantial exit, okay? Or maybe you only get three times your money back. Okay, that's a lot of people don't talk about that. It's like it's either to the moon or zero. You know, there are many exits where you just get your money back. Hey, guys, we invested $100,000 13 months ago. It wasn't the best outcome. Maybe you saw the story. Here's a note from the founder. We got our $100,000 back and we're going to wish him well. Okay, now your money was tied up for 13 months. Okay, what did Bitcoin do in that 13 months? It could have went down. It just did for a really long time. It went down, okay? And now you're going to look at that and be like, oh, that sucks, man. You know, I got my $1,000 back. And Bitcoin's now 30% higher. Well, like, you know, um, it goes the other way too, you know? So it's, it's all about timing. Our first fund, um, you could have sold less than half a Bitcoin or half a Bitcoin, let's call it. And you could have invested 25000 at like a 60 thousand dollar bitcoin price okay the bitcoin price if you're measuring your wealth in dollars sorry if i'm like dumb but if you are keeping score in dollars uh you're down 50 percent right now give or t actually less than that we rallied a little bit right we're at 38 but you haven't done great and like our fund um especially after these next markups happen has a positive irr so i don't know but i don't know what's going to happen next you know and then that that timing aspect of it is 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 a crapshoot wherever you're at, right? Because right now, if you have thirty eight thousand dollars, is it a better bet to invest thirty eight thousand dollars into any fund or a Bitcoin venture fund or any BC fund or anything, right? Or is it just better to buy one Bitcoin, stick it in your cold wallet, and fucking forget about it? You know, you know it's. Uh, 38,000 might want to stack one, you know, 
And when you're like Walker and you already have hundreds and thousands of Bitcoin, you know, you put in 30 grand into a venture fund and call this it This is uh, for anyone listening. Uh, I got in, I got into this space in 2020. Uh, I am a recent adopter, but I appreciate that context, Muzz, because I think it's important, right? And it's a question that people obviously ask you a lot. And I think for me, at least the, the one other side that I'll add is just, it's a cool thing, even if it's not with very much money, but to invest in Bitcoin companies, if you believe in what they're doing, and just from a, I think that what you're doing is great. I think it's going to, you know, be a valuable product service. And I think it's going to make the world a little bit better. Like that's, you know, investing in Bitcoin companies is like actually effective altruism, you know, but you actually might make some money off it. And you're not just masquer uh, you know, a masquerading piece of shit, like most effective altruists. But yeah, with that Muzz, Unless there was something else you wanted to toss on top. Oh, I can't. We'll never get out of here, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, we'll just have to do it again then. That's the only solution. All right. You got it. We'll do a, we'll do a market update uh, leading up to the halving. How about that? <laughs> see, see where things are. But man, Muzz, thank you so much. I'll link everything in the show notes. I appreciate your time and all you're doing for the Bitcoin space. I hope people listen to this and go, if nothing else, just check out these companies that you mentioned that are building really cool shit because- that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. Thanks, Walker. You're the best, man. Give my love to Carla. I will, man. Cheers. And that's a wrap on this Bitcoin Talk episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. If you are a Bitcoin-only company interested in sponsoring another fucking Bitcoin podcast, head to bitcoinpodcast.net or hit me up on social media. On Noster, head to primal.net slash walker. And on Twitter, search for at Walker America or at Titcoin Podcast. You can also watch the video version of this show on X or on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash at Walker America or Rumble by searching for at Walker America. Bitcoin is scarce. There will only ever be 21 million. But Bitcoin podcasts are abundant. So thank you for spending your scarce time to listen to another fucking Bitcoin podcast. Until next time, stay free.